Welcome to Cellmates, the podcast where we analyze, criticize, and otherwise dissect uh, two animated feature films. Uh, I am Dick Ward. Uh, my name is Kate Phillips. Hi, we Kate. also compare those two movies. We also compare them. We do. I mean, it, it goes without saying with all the analyzing and criticizing. Look, I feel like our tagline has never really been set in stone. I feel like our tagline has been the same the whole time, and I'm the only one who remembers it. Yeah. I even wrote it down on a piece of paper. Well, you should have put that... Uh... Analyze, compare, dissect. I wrote those three words. All right. It's okay. In- you saw the first letters. Hold on. I got this. I got this. I'm okay. going to do this again. <laughs> Intro, analyze, compare, dissect, social media, drink, pairing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Just... You're really good at reading. Thank you. Okay, cool. So um, this is Cellmates. This is a podcast where we talk about movies that are often Disney. Op, but not always. Often musicals. Not always. And often good. Not always. And uh, we got two movies today. We do. Just and like, they are uh, normal. Let's see. One check, two checks. So, like, two checks out of six if you're thinking, like, is this one Disney? Is this one Disney? Is this one musical? Is this uh, two checks out of six? That's pretty good. So, we're really using the not always uh, yeah. part of our tagline today. Or yeah. tagline sub. We're definitely using the not always. Sub tagline. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Dick? Well, what are you drinking, Kate? Well, I had a sip of this. I am also sick, and I've been sick for like the past 48 hours straight. I'm like, I'm rising out of it like a phoenix. Yeah. Kate, uh, Kate is recovering from having been laying on the couch for 48 hours. It knocked me out. Yeah. It and was fast and furious. You got up and you were like... Uh, I did like three hours of work this morning. Yeah, you were like, I'm going to make up for all the time I missed laying on the couch. And then, boom. I was back down for the count. Yeah. It was, but I'm, but I'm okay now. But I'm not, I'm not uh, drinking. I, I took a sip for yeah. solidarity and, and to not be lying. Yep. Uh, but so Dick, what are you telling the truth? The truth, but that's not our drink tonight. It's not. <laughs> Dick, what are you drinking well, more am, than me? I'm drinking a... a a double helping yeah. <laughs> of uh, Redemption Rye. Oh, Redemption, you say? Yes. So, like, if, you know, you were some kind of bad dude, say a a, a villain in some kind of IP mm. or, like, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an ugly-looking uh, trope in a what? Okay. In a, that's fairy a personal tale. attack. I feel I feel hurt. <laughs> you would want you would want redemption yes. in order to make your story arc complete. Also, I would do it in a way that was very clever or wry. Ooh, ooh, homophone usage. Thank you. Nice. Uh, the two movies today. Um, if they were to have a, a Benefer type uh, portmanteau, we have uh, named it. Shrek it, Ralph. Shrek it, Ralph. I'm going to Shrek it. Yep. Uh, So these movies are, of course, uh, uh, Scheherazade. (laughs) No. Uh, It's it's Shrek. Shrek it and Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch Ralph. (laughs) Um, No, it's so we did Shrek and Wreck it, Ralph. That's correct. Um, The pairing, uh, there's some obvious reasons. The Mm -hmm. most obvious is that, uh, one, it's about a big, destructive uh, baddie. 
Yeah. Who is uh, perceived by their world redemption. as a bad guy, mm-hmm. who is uh, redemption by the end to various degrees. Mm. Uh, there is a, you know, a general kind of theme of identity and owning one's identity in both movies. And uh, there's a lot of pop culture references. Are there? I, well, y- <laughs> yes. Yes, there are. Yes, both movies um, send up lovingly and not so much um, some kind of well-known genres and characters in those genres. Well, I would say um, one of those movies sends them up mm-hmm. and then the other one references them. There we go. More so. Uh, I'm going to reference it. I'm going to reference it. Though I would argue that that's the other movie. I know. Okay. I know. It just sounded dude. So like be it. like, hey, are you going to reference it? Really, really. Like the, <laughs> hey, there yeah. you go. Um, so let's get into the movies one by one. Yeah. Uh, Shrek is a movie that chronologically came out first. So let's start with that one. Yeah, and the winner, uh, the first winner for Best Animated Feature. It is the first winner for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. Okay, what movie, what, what did it beat? Uh, something, uh, which I don't remember, and I just looked it up, and uh, Monsters, Inc. by yeah. Pixar. I, I was mainly referring to Monsters, Inc. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, especially now in 2018 because we have watched both of these movies in the last two months yeah um but yeah it it holds uh, that distinction forever and ever when the first heavy metal grammys came out and then like deep purple won it or something (laughs) Uh and it was up against i think a decent metallica album but even if it wasn't come on just yeah just come on yeah uh, so it was, it was released in 2000, 2001, one of those years. That sounds right. And, uh, Dick, where, tell, tell us about your experience with this movie. How were you made aware? When did you first see it? Wait, this came out after the South Park movie? I guess so. Or in the same, no, yeah, South Park was 99. Weird. Mm. I just put that together. Um, where was I? I, I feel like I might have seen this in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds likely because it seemed irreverent and there's an ogre. Yeah. And a donkey. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> when do you first remember seeing it? Uh, I don't know. I, I Do here, you remember seeing it for this podcast? I remember <laughs> seeing it for this podcast. <laughs> hey. I, I, I know I've seen it at least twice before this. Okay. Um, the first time I wasn't like super bothered by it. I thought it was fine. I, like there were some funny bits. Uh, they farted, but I was like nineteen at the time, so kind of I was kind of like, uh, I, all right, they farted. So what else you got? Um, and some of it, like I legitimately got like, I like kind of a mix between eye roll and upset about when watching it in the theater. So. Uh, I've been not a fan of Shrek for a long time, but uh, maybe watching it again has changed some of that. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, it's, Kate, what was your first experience with the the Shreks? Yeah, we we saw this one in the theaters. Uh, I remember it being very like, oh, ho, 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 they're uh, they're really doing a number on Disney. Ha ha ha. Um, at least that was the marketing for it, and like our family liked it. You know, it wasn't you know, something we saw a billion times in the theaters, but 
we definitely owned. I do have distinct memories. The DVD had a special feature where it was um, fairy tale character karaoke. I think it's supposed to take place like right after the last scene in the movie. And so you can click on different characters. Like you click on the big, big red wolf and he sings Hungry Like the Wolf. And uh, yeah, clever things like that. Oh, I get it. Because he's a wolf. Because he's a wolf. Yeah. And he's hungry like a wolf. He like a wolf. But he's dressed up as a grandma, so you're not sure. I, it, this, I'm just telling you what was there. This is, I remember that more than the actual movie, I think, because as we were watching this movie for the podcast, I have seen this movie several times, yep. but I kept on waiting for scenes that are apparently only in Shrek 2. <laughs> I kept on like, yeah. oh, but these like fairy tale characters come back. No, they don't really. That's you Shrek 2. You <laughs> were convinced that a lot of things happened in this movie yeah. that did not happen in this like, movie. Oh, there's a good like Iron Giant reference. The Pinocchio gets a lot to... No. Yeah, you, you're... Not right. here. <laughs> and like even just before we started recording, we were talking about this because yeah. that's all we do. Uh, <laughs> and it's our lives. It's our lives. Uh, but even before we were recording, we were talking about this and... You were like, no, Shrek has like a pretty big world. And I was like, I don't think it does. And you're like, oh no, Shrek 2 does though. Yeah. Which which we will watch at another time. I might have to uh, sedate you before we do. And then you'll kind of remember it. And Just give me mind. like another double helping of ride. There you go. We're in good shape. I'll get sick again. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my history with Shrek. And again, this time I had different perspectives on it than yeah. before. Well, Kate... Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about uh, explaining the plot of, of the Shrek? I think I could. I think I could uh, synopsis this, buddy. All right. You got a timer set I've got for a me? timer. We're going to switch from the cookie timer. I got a new timer. Oh, how, how will we know what to sing at the end? We'll just have to figure it out. You just have to okay. roll with it. Oh, boy. All right. It's a lot of stress. So you got uh, five minutes mm-hmm. starting. Now, tell us the plot. Somebody of once told me. I. Uh, <laughs> So Shrek is an ogre who really likes Smash Mouth. Um, he lives in a swamp. He is gross, and this is established in the first. He's scene. not the sharpest tool in the swamp. Not the sharpest tool in the shru- in the swamp. Um, you know, he's reading a fairy tale, uh, like a traditional fairy tale, where a damsel has to be rescued by a prince, and he's like, "Well, no. that's a load of garbage." Damsels. And then he wipes himself with it, uh, establishing that this is going to be a largely toilet humored based. Uh, aesthetic well he puts poop on it he puts poop on it um so he lives in the swamp by himself he doesn't like anyone else uh he eats by himself he's like pee pee content but also like maybe a little bit lonely you're not sure Mm. anyway so uh meanwhile in this kind of swamp wooded area you see that all of these fairy tale creatures are being uh, like kidnapped and auctioned off um, because they're losing their land. And so you have a lot of uh, cutesy referential moments where you got the dwarfs there and you what, got... from Seven Dwarfs by Walt Disney World yeah, Company? Yeah, kind of. Whoa. Um, and you got Pinocchio and then he lies about being a real... Uh, he lies and then his nose grows, which is definitely... Like, these characters are not necessarily owned by Disney, but like that thing about his nose growing is, I believe. Like, it's... It's definitely the Disney version. Yes. Um, and there's this donkey uh, who's maybe uh, magic, maybe not, but he talks. He does talk. And then he gives away his tell. Uh, the guards go chasing after him. He tries to, like, free all the people. Or does he? I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not super clear. Anyway, he flies for a bit, makes a Dumbo joke, 
and then he uh, runs away from them and literally runs into Shrek. He uh, tries to get him to protect him. Shrek doesn't really want anything to do with him, but when push comes to shove and the villagers come with their burning pitchforks, he's like, yeah, sure, that's uh, it's fine. Get off my lawn. Um, yeah. And because he saves one animal, all of these uh, fairy tale creatures come uh, to Shrek's swamp as kind of like refugees. And he's like, well, this isn't, no, get off my swamp. And they say, well, this Lord Farquaad is making us move. <laughs> Sounds like Fartwad. Fart, yeah, kind of. Um, so Donkey and Shrek go off on a journey to talk to Lord Farquaad so he can get all these people off of his land. And they do. And uh, um, it's kind of this like Disney World send up thing, a reference, I guess. Uh, and they talk to Lord Farquaad and he's got a problem with a maiden in a tower. And uh, so they go off to save her, rescue her, because he needs to get married, I guess, to be king. Um, and so they go off to this tower. There's a fire-breathing dragon. Uh, they outsmart the dragon. They rescue the princess. But it's just like hijinks-based, and they do a lot of pratfalls on the way, and they stumble on their way out. And then they rescue this princess, but she's like pretty badass. She's not what? a traditional damsel in distress. Oh, dang. Not when she's played by Cameron Diaz, what? at least. Um, and so they go on a journey to Lord Farquaad because she needs to meet her true love and get her true love's kiss. That's her like prophecy. Uh, but she can't hang out with them at night. I don't know why. Uh, she can't hang out with them at night. Just reasons. And as the journey goes on, they become kindred spirits all together. They battle some musical Robin Hoods. And it turns out mm. that Fiona's thing at night is she's a, a were-ogre. <laughs> she turns into an ogre, like a werewolf. She turns into an ogre at night uh, when the moon is out. Um, but she doesn't want anyone to know. So she has an extra uh, added bonus in getting her true love's kiss is that she'll turn into her true form. But there's this big misunderstanding where Donkey knows she'll and Shrek does love's it. turn true form. Love's true form. Yeah. And uh, Shrek thinks that when she's saying no one can love someone this ugly, she's talking about him, but she's talking about her. Oh, giant misunderstanding. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so she goes to Lord Farquaad and Shrek like abandons Donkey. Uh, and Lord Farquaad almost gets married to Fiona, but Donkey knocks some sense into Shrek. And because Shrek has layers like an onion or parfait, he actually does want companionship and he goes back to save her. And no, you, I'm not out okay, of time. Okay, but it's not like a parfait. It's like an onion. I'm not out of time. Shrek is very clear. Uh, he, he goes back to save her and tries to call off the wedding, um, but it's too late. Or is it uh, because uh, when oh. they kiss, uh -huh. uh, she like lifts up, uh, literally beast style, and then turns into true love's form, which is an ogre. Oh, that's nice, because then they're both ogres together. Uh -huh. And they end up happily ever after, and Lord Farquaad gets uh, eaten by a dragon. And then there's a dance party to a Smash Mouth I'm a Believer. The end. And then like Three, a bug crashes through the window. One. Is that? Yes. Cookies are done. <laughs> hey, good, 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 good adaptation. Thanks. Um, yeah, I legit got a little confused because you were talking about the wedding. I was like, oh, yeah, then the bug crashes through the window and like kills her husband. Oh, no. Like, oh, there are two wedding yeah, scenes in these movies. Yeah, there's two wedding scenes. In the same cathedral. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> animation only has one uh, backlot set for. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a shame they filled on like the same back lot. You can always tell, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's that's Shrek. That's Shrek. Um, I had trouble coming up with a lot of like the motivations of like why these characters go places 
because I think the story artists also had some trouble with motivations in this movie. They're kind of just trying to. It's it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's nineteen ninety book, and I th- yeah. from what I understand, it's like storybook format, but it's kind of a you know stinky cheese man type genre of like ah let's do an irreverent fairy tale, which probably works in the book maybe more successfully. I assume I, I don't know I haven't read it, but I assume the book isn't like. And then the princess totally does like this Matrix thing, and it's super <laughs> cool. Like, I, I am willing to bet the some of the best jokes were from the book. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, that's not a fair assumption for me to make. We we should have read the book. We are nah. failing in our research uh, duties. No, we are movie journalists. Duties. Uh, <laughs> Duty. Um. Yeah, we are we are animated film journalists, not to book a certain extent. If it was a good book, they would have made a movie out of it, and they did, and then we watched it. Solved. Well, anyway, so about, that is Shrek. Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph's. Wreck-It Ralph. He's gonna yeah. wreck it. He's gonna wreck it. Kate, uh, what was your first experience with Wreck-It Ralph? I saw this um, on either DVD or Netflix. I saw it with my brother. So was this a film that you were like? I really want to see this, or was this a uh, Andy like, "Yo, we got to see this. It's got video games." This was Andy who had already seen it. My brother's name mm. is Andy. He had already seen it, and he's like, "You should." I was visiting. I was actually visiting him at college, so yeah. this was a while ago. He has graduated now by, by many years. Hey, good job, Andy. Hey, congrats. Good job. Congratulations. We don't congratulate your brother <laughs> enough on that. <laughs> Graduating college several years ago. Um. So I, I was visiting him, and it's like, what are what are we gonna do? He's like, we can watch Wreck It Ralph. I'm like, oh, that video game thing. This was in a period where like it, it's Disney, it's not Pixar, um, but Disney was kind of just like shoving out these things. It's not that long ago. They it's, were a little lost. They were a little lost, but they had. I think they had. This is 2012, I believe. So like Tangled had come out the year before, but like they didn't do a good job marketing it, and everything else they were putting out was like chicken based like chicken little <laughs> home on the range i don't know there are a lot of chickens home on the range is cow based yeah but there's probably a chicken in it yes probably um so i don't know there there's a lot of movies that like just they're they, they might be good we're gonna watch a lot of them yeah they might be fine but they were not marketing themselves well and disney was just not blowing up the way it used to so i'm like sure i'll watch this he's like yeah she's pretty good um and i watched it i'm like oh this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, but I had not seen it again until we watched it for this podcast. And uh, and what about you, Dick? What's I your story? S- I saw it for this podcast. Hey. I saw it two days ago? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I kind of avoided it because it seemed annoying mm-hmm. and dumb. When you are a video game person. Yeah, and I I don't like... I feel like I will come off on this podcast as a bigger snob than I am, but I'm a pretty big snob. So when it's like, so when a a movie comes out and it's like, we're going to reference video games, I assume it's going to be, what's that terrible show that everyone loves with the nerds? Oh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. I thought you were going to make a Ready Player One reference. Oh my God. Oh my God. We could talk about Ready Player oh, One let's not. for days. Or Pixels, the movie where Josh Gad has sex with Qbert. We could talk about that 
four days. What? Yeah. It's an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, Josh Gad falls in love. He's in love with like this video game girl. Uh, she's not real. She's she's in a video game. Uh-huh. At the end, uh, I think like Qbert turns into her and then Josh Gad and her go off happily. I'm understanding more why you're not quite as excited about Josh Gad as I am. Yeah. He's, I didn't know about this. He's bad in most things. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's written bad maybe directed bad but also like jessica rabbit is drawn bad that's that like josh gad has no excuse yeah no he should be good he's not well um do you want someone to do well with the plot line that involves them uh, having sex with cubert i want him to be smart enough not to be in an adam sandler movie yeah that's all i want money sure okay yeah no i get money i get it do commercials in japan um so here's a here's a here's a thing uh I, i expect very little i expect Reference, 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 and then that's it. And I expect the reference to be like Mario. He's doing a. He's got a mushroom. What's that about? I bet he's getting high or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. I I, I that assume would be the worst. Mm-hmm. So when a movie comes around and it's actually pretty great, that's that's unexpected. So I didn't see Wreck It Ralph, and even going into it uh, the other day, I was mm-hmm. like. I'm ready to be bummed out by this dumb movie. Kind of similar to how I went into it for different yeah. reasons. I'm like, okay, Andy says it's good. But that was the same thing. Like, okay, well, Kate says it's good. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's like that sort of thing where... Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with this. The mm. point is, it looked, it, looked, it looked bad and dumb. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, yeah. Just like with Ralph Breaks the Internet, which uh, as of this recording has not come out and we have not seen. All I saw was the scene where it's all the bad guys sitting around a table Mm -hmm. and being like, hey, we're bad guys. And I was like, okay, that's cute. There's probably nothing else to this movie. Right. Just like with Ralph Breaks the Internet, all we're seeing is the princesses. Yeah, that princess collective. Which really bums me out. Yeah, I am not optimistic it can be done. Yeah, and I absolutely take not optimistic <laughs> it can be done for an answer. For an answer. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's my experience with Wreck-It Ralph. All right. So, Dick, having seen this movie one time in the last week, uh, mm-hmm. you are an expert. on You are a Wreck-It Ralph expert. I'm and a Rexpert. A Rexpert. That's what we call ourselves. That's in right. The, in, in the, the Ralph the community. community. Us Ralphers. Um, you've got five minutes. Whoa. Uh, On the actual, on the legit cookie alarm system. On the cookie timer. Okay. Uh, you've got five minutes. Tell us about Rocket Ralph. Go. Okay. Um, so uh, Ralph is a bad guy in an arcade game. He's, he's Donkey Kong, but in reverse. Uh, no, he's just kind of Donkey Kong. If Donkey Kong was wrecking things. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Fix It Felix has to jump up things and fight Donkey Kong. It's fine. He's kind of Donkey Kong. Um, so Wreck It Ralph destroys the building. Fix It Felix has to fix the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting for two reasons. One, because it's like clearly just kind of going for the Donkey Kong thing, but uh, it's a nonviolent uh, mm-hmm. solution, except when Ralph gets thrown off the top. Anyway, that's not important. That's not part of the plot. Um. So, Ralph uh, is a bad guy. He doesn't like being a bad guy because he has to sleep in a stump. And actually, he's kind of in the right because they demolish his stump to build a skyscraper. Anyway, um, 
he uh, realizes it's like the 20th anniversary of the video game. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, there's a party going on. I should be invited to this party. So he goes, he crashes the party. He's like, yo, let me in. Jack McBrayer's like, nah, okay. Jack McBrayer is Fix It Felix. That's correct. An inspired voice casting yes. moment. Um, and Fix It Felix is like, nah, you can't. Okay, I guess you can. And Ralph is like, yo, I, why don't I get a medal? I'm, I'm a part of this game. And all the townspeople are like, nah, you're an idiot. Go away. And then he accidentally like wrecks the party. So he's like, yo, look, I, I deserve a medal. I should have one. Uh, and this guy's like, look, if you ever get a medal, you can live in the penthouse because they don't give medals to bad guys. Uh, so Ralph is like, cool, I'm going to do that. So he leaves his video game, mm-hmm. uh, which you can like do at night, but not not like for a while or like not because they they live in an arcade yeah they live in an arcade so they like travel through the wires and hang out in the power strips or something um so he goes into another video game he tries to win a a medal there he's like shooting bugs and it's real scary Mm -hmm. and he uh like he shoots some bugs and then they're like okay uh game over next turn and then he runs up and he like he gets this medal mm-hmm. like legitimately he gets it right yeah he, he steals it but yeah well he steals it but he gets it uh, he's like awarded stuff he awakens a bunch of bugs and then he runs away and he like gets away in an escape pod mm-hmm. escape pod takes him into another video video game mm-hmm. uh, like the kids call them video games mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, like a Candyland thing Candyland meets Mario Kart. Yeah, but it's like he doesn't know it's Mario Kart right. yet. It's just candy. Yeah. It's a bunch of candy. Uh, and then he finds out it's like a candy line meets Mario Kart. So he meets this girl, Vanellope. Vanellope uh, wants to race with all the other racers, but she's not racing with all the other racers. Why? Because she's a glitch. Glitch. Uh, yeah, she like glitches out every once in a while. It's pretty cool. Um, so uh, he like helps her out uh, because she stole his award. And... Uh, and then he sees her being bullied, and he's like, oh, man, I'm going to help her out. Because he's like, oh, she's kind of a bad guy, too. I'm a bad guy. Let's help each other out. So uh, they build a go-kart together, and then they Ralph helps teach her how to race, mm-hmm. and it's real sweet. And then she's getting ready to race in the go-kart that they built together. And then King Candy, played by Alan Tudyk, mm-hmm. uh, is like, no, you can't. Uh, and, uh, Ralph is like, oh crap, you're right. I can't. And then Vanellope, uh, comes out. She's like, Hey Ralph, let's go. And he's like, no. Uh, and she gets real upset. Uh, and then eventually Ralph realizes he was wrong, uh, and dumb. And then he goes and fixes things, uh, through destroying things. Uh, he rescues Fixit Felix who had gotten captured while searching for him. He uh, gets Vanellope a go-kart, and he tells her to race it, and then the race happens, and then it's almost the end of the race, and Vanellope's about to win, and then, oh my god, there's all those bugs from the earlier game taking over uh, the candy cart game, and then Ralph uh, drops a bunch of Mentos into a fountain, or a bunch of soda, and it kills all the bugs. And we think Ralph might die, but he doesn't. Nope. Uh, and, oh, we found out King Candy was Turbo all along. And Turbo's this guy with this whole backstory that I didn't get into yet. <laughs> and 
Uh, Jack cross- McBrayer falls in love. She crosses the finish line. Oh, and then Vanellope crosses the finish, finish line. line. She wins. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Cookies All right. Are done. Cookies are done. <laughs> Cookies are done. Cookies are done. There's a lot. There is a lot. There's a lot to that movie. And yeah, I mean, it's easy to spend time in each of those games because they're such lush worlds, all of them. Yeah. And they all have a lot going on. Like I skipped the whole love story with Jack McBrayer. Right. I skipped over a lot of the King Candy stuff. Well, and that Vanellope, she she needs to win because if oh, yeah. she's a glitch, she's stuck in her game. And so if the game ever like breaks, she'll be stuck in it forever and yeah. like this kind of vortex. But also that Vanellope was supposed to be the star of her game. Oh, yeah. She was actually the princess. Mm-hmm. And when Turbo jumped games to escape his old retired game. Yeah. Turbo's a guy who was like getting his game retired. So he jumped games. And, and everyone he, everyone like references him. They're like, oh, you're going to go Turbo? You're going Turbo? Because then he glitches everyone else in the game. Yeah. And that's why she's glitching. There's a there's a lot to that story. There's a lot. But unlike a lot of movies where there's a lot to the story and it's like chaos. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot to that story and it's it's all kind of valid. You're you're following a singular pathway the whole time. Yeah. Even though it kind of swerves and things like a, a, a you know like a kitty sugar rush like of course. But that was a that was a very that had a lot of information for your first viewing of that story, and we haven't really talked about it that much since. Thank you. Watching and it. considering how I normally uh, give these summaries, I feel like I did pretty good. Yeah, you actually gave information about the movie and not just uh, snide remarks yeah. on the movie for five minutes. That's why we didn't let me do Shrek. <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons we paired these guys and this whiskey. Is because it's about bad guys being redeemed. Bad guys being redeemed in both their own eyes and and the larger community. Yes. And what that means. So let's, I mean, I guess we didn't really uh, sit on Wreck-It Ralph at all, but let's, so let's start, let's start with Ralph. Sure. Um, what, what is it that actually makes him a bad guy and what's the redemption he's seeking? So his role is bad guy. Like, it is literally his job. He was created to be the bad guy in of this, this game. game, right? And that's uh, when you reference that kind of bad anon group. Um, that is what they call themselves. Uh, that all of these villains get together. It's a therapy session because they're all in the same position. They are cast as the bad guy in their story, mm-hmm. and it is their job. And they have they have to come to grips with that. Yeah. Um. But. You know, it'd be one thing if just Ralph had the problem with it, but his his game mates are pretty snooty. Like they they have a big problem with it. And even you know, quote unquote, after hours, in the games, he's still not allowed to play in their reindeer games because he's big and clumsy and yeah, wrecks things. He's kind of a second class citizen, mm-hmm. which is is weird. And the only second class citizen in in that particular game, yeah. Um, but we see like we see various other bad guys in other games. Um, including Zangief, who's not actually a bad guy, so I don't know why he was in there. Like, M. Bison's a bad guy. Zangief's do, not a bad guy. Do we have a third host on the podcast Oh, today? yeah. Sorry. It was uh, Nerd Voice. Oh. Uh, hi, Nerd Voice. Welcome. Oh, hi there, Kate Phillips. Uh, actually, it's Nerd Voice. It's Italian. <laughs> it's fine. You could just call him Nerd Voice. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's... So, um... 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of really lovely references mm-hmm. in this movie, uh, and one of them is like all these different bad guys. Yeah, you know, you've got the ghosts from Pac Man, you've got Bowser, you've got or King Koopa, depending. You've got uh, other zombie. <laughs> yeah, unnamed zombie. Zombie. I'd like to pretend he's from Zombies Ate My Neighbors, one of my favorite games for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Thanks, Nerd Voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What I like about Ralph as a character is that he has been pigeonholed into his role and his want is just kind of to be accepted and to, you know, be deemed worthy of yeah. his peers, there's you know, a real, by his peers. There's a real Mr. Rogers element to this mm-hmm. where like one of the, okay, this is a stretch, but I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm ready. One of the things I love about Mr. Rogers is that he highlighted normal people he'd be like hey here's a garbage man let's see what he does all day and ralph just kind of wants that same recognition he's like look I, I i'm a bad guy but that's my job right if i don't do this we don't get quarters like no one plays this game if right. there's not a bad guy can you guys just acknowledge that i'm a part of this like i i, I could still live in this stump but just like invite me to the party right and no one's willing to do that no no uh and uh, contrast with that, you know, that kind of deep need with with Shrek, who is certainly viewed as a villain by his community. And, yeah. you know, being that they're in fairy tale land, the ogre is a pretty archetype villain yeah. guy. Um, and Shrek accepts that about himself. Yeah. His his expressed want at the beginning of the story is like literally get out of my swamp. Um, he wants to be left alone. Yeah, Shrek is, uh, it's, it's a little bit of chicken in the egg, right? right? Like, he's an ogre, so people are chasing him. It's not clear if they'd always chased him mm-hmm. or if it was because of Farquhar wanting to hunt all the fairy types. Mm-hmm. But, like, people chase him, and because people chase him, he wants to push everyone away. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's kind of bad because people are chasing him he's also bad like i I, he i guess he's not really a bad guy he's just kind of a a grump he's a grump but he's kind of wants to be alone ogres don't do i feel like he says a lot in the movies like ogres don't do that like ogres don't get the happy ending basically Mm -hmm. um no one likes ogres these are just things that he knows so you do kind of have this like you said a chicken and an egg thing like he wants to be left alone because he can't see a way to fit into society and be accepted by people. Yeah. Which you find out later. And if we want to like, if we want to really dig into some annoying topics, it's almost a uh, evolution versus intelligent design. Uh, in that Shrek just is an ogre. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Ralph was designed to be a bad guy. Mm. Like, uh, it's interesting. It's like uh, Shrek, Shrek is an ogre. He just happens to be an ogre. Right. And like people hate him because he's an ogre and does ogre-y things. Right. But Ralph was like specifically designed mm-hmm. to do the thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why are you doing that? Yeah. It's interesting. It I is. Don't know. Yeah. And like is. in Ralph, they know they have a, they know they have a creator. Right. They know they were programmed a certain way. They know, they, they like know all the ins and outs of arcade machines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, I I can see some justification in being scared of an ogre. Yeah. But, like, being scared of Ralph, like, uh, no. You guys know. 
I'm angry at the townspeople. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. I'm angry at the jerks in Fix It Felix. <laughs> Felix himself seems okay. He's just a pushover. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate Ralph, but he's kind of, uh, he defers to the, the mob. He doesn't, he doesn't want to shake up the system. No. That benefits him. Right. He's privileged. Yes, he is. In some way. He sure is. No. Uh, so, so yes, even though they both have the same want, um, I think certainly Ralph is from the beginning more sympathetic of a character. The mm-hmm. audience likes him more, or at least we like him more yeah. as two audience members. Um, Shrek gains some sympathy later on, but... I don't know if it's like all the fart jokes or like Mike Myers trying a little bit too hard. Like, I think he's fine in this role. You you have more of a problem than I do with mm. all of the voice acting in this movie. Not all of it, just most of it. <laughs> just most of it. John Lithgow is the best. He's so good. We both like John Lithgow. Uh, yeah, that it kind of like, I don't know, you sympathize with Shrek on a very surface level, I feel. But he doesn't get any moments like uh, Ralph gets... You know, later on when he is, you know, he's come all this way with Vanellope and she does not see him as a villain. He's a, he's her hero. She gives him a cookie necklace that says so. Yes. And then he has to, in order, what he thinks is in order to save her, because he thinks if she wins the race, it's going to uh, uh, mess up the fan base and they're going to get unplugged and then she's going to be trapped in an empty game forever. Because they're going to see that she's a glitch right. and they're going to be like, oh no, this the game's, game's broken. broken. And so he ends up in like the a super dark moment in the yep. movie. He ends up wrecking her car in order oh. to keep her from participating. Oh. I know. You're oh, crying right so now. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. really bad. And so, you know, he knows that he's saving her. That's what he thinks. And uh, she goes, you really are a bad guy. You're the worst. And it's just like, oh, this moment like just crumples your heart because it's going back to, you know, what Ralph's been told all his life. You're just a villain. You're just a bad guy. Um, And he was finally starting to be more. With Shrek, you don't really get that moment so much. Um, You get people kind of understanding him and accepting him for himself. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess in that like misunderstanding scene, you get him pushing people away. Yeah, and that's something he does from the beginning. And that's a, a, again like an interesting difference is like from the beginning, Felix is like, no, like it'd be cool to be a good guy. It, I I like you people. I want to be nice to you people. And Shrek is like, eh, go away. Mm-hmm. And he starts letting some people in, and he goes back to his, eh, go away. You mean Ralph says it would be okay to be a good guy? That's what I meant. Yeah, great. What did I say? You said Felix. Fe- so I was I th- confused for I, a few seconds, I'm but pretty, then I got it from I'm context. pretty confident Felix wants to be a good guy, too. Yeah, so, we all, I, so there we don't go. we all? Yeah. Do you want to be a hero? I, I do want to be a hero. Okay, cool. That's a, that's a reference for uh, Kate's <laughs> fifth grade class who is doing a musical that has that song it in it. sure does so if you guys are listening uh stop just <laughs> stop that's weird um yeah so do these do these heroes get redeemed or do these villains get redeemed by and and how do they and if so how yeah so uh, uh let's start with uh shrek mm-hmm. um kind of i I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's there's not really a there's not really a redemption because his like his only real crime was pushing someone away 
because he misunderstood a thing. Right. But he's not like, he's not redeemed in the eyes of the townspeople, I don't think. Yeah, you don't really see a moment where the townspeople, I mean, also you're kind of made to believe by the end that the townspeople are more jerks than anything else. They're yeah. kind of just dumb. He's, his, his, uh, if there's a moment where he is redeemed in front of the townspeople, it's when he beats all the other knights. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll go kill that dragon. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, cool. If Like, he comes back with the princess, like, good job, Shrax. Yeah. Like. I mean, if his problem is letting people in and trusting people, he does end up, you know, trusting Donkey when yeah. he finally gets through to him that, like, no, Fiona's talking about something else. It's not you. Um, he trusts Donkey. He lets Fiona um, into his life and, like, ex- like, you know, admits his love for her. And, yeah. Um, so, so there's that kind of redemption, but it's narrower yeah. than Ralph's redemption, which is he, you know, helps someone else be a hero, several other people be heroes, mm-hmm. and saves a whole game in the process. Yep. And, I mean, in turn really saves the arcade because Turbo could have jumped from game to game for who knows how long. Yeah, he stops... Uh, like, Ralph starts out as as very, like, selfish mm-hmm. um, in his goal. In because his goal. His, his goal is to get an award so that he can be liked by the people. Which, right. like, a, a reasonable goal. But his end goal is... Saving someone else, mm-hmm. stopping someone else, and becoming a true hero. A true hero. It's da-da-da-da-da. almost like there are other movies that could learn from this one. Yeah, because he he gets the medal, he brings <laughs> it back, um, and he gets the penthouse. But all the townspeople have left the game because yeah. Ralph hasn't been in it for a day, so it's been you know it's been like uh, pushed to the out of order status, and yeah. they're about to get unplugged. And so. Then- and Ralph even like saves a bunch of people at the end. He's like, "Hey, if you don't have a game, you can come hang out in my game." Yeah. So including Cubert, full yes. circle. But Josh Gad is not there. Josh Gad is not there. Thank God. <laughs> uh, anything else on thank this? Thank God. Thank God. Uh, well, speaking of miscellaneous uh, <laughs> characters popping up every which way, what these movies are both uh, definitely heavily marketed toward but also known for uh references wait really yes oh i yeah you might have missed it okay because they just kind of like lightly uh whoosh over it and like i saw it in wreck it ralph like they the you know they had like a quarter and so they were referencing quarters or something (laughs) but tell me about the references in shrek because i think they may have been so subtle that they passed me by like, I think I could do this in, by playing you like one trailer from the year 2000 <laughs> and you'd see all of the references. Yeah. Um, there are many. And the movie is, it relies on references for plot contrivances. It mm-hmm. relies on references for at, at least 80% of its laughs, um, of its attempted laughs. Yeah, I was going to say. And here's the thing. I remember laughing more. In the year 2000, 2001, one, because the references were closer and newer, right? Like Yeah, the that, Macarena was like oh fresh in 2001. No, it was, okay, it wasn't. But like the Matrix reference, like... Was two years old. But not everyone like, had done a Matrix yes, reference yet. Yeah, okay, everyone had done a Matrix reference. reference. But I don't know. I think it was just more the culture, too, was a vi- at, at peak 
reference state. Yeah. Now I'm not uh, exonerating it, we, but we I'm just saying it was Dane Cookie at the moment. Yeah, we were very uh, accustomed to this being kind of the humor style mm-hmm. in movies and TV, and it was just something that was happening. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, like, I I, I want to go over a couple of yes, a couple of these references that that did did work for me mm-hmm. and did not work for me. Sure. Uh, and I think the the keyword, and I, uh, I'll probably end up repeating myself a lot as we do more DreamWorks, but I, I think the important part of comedy is that it is timeless. If a joke is not funny in five years, it probably was not funny to begin with, mm-hmm. unless, you know, it involves like, uh, you know, hey, uh, I wish I had a phone that I could take with me everywhere, right? Like inventions mm-hmm. are, are different, but... Like referential humor, I think can work, and I think does work in Shrek mm-hmm. if it is a timeless reference. Mm-hmm. For example, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. Yes, I know. Yeah, I yeah. was just gonna say that as that, an example. That's a reference. It's a great. Like, it's it's one hundred percent just a reference to uh-huh. to the song. Do you know? It is, it is the song. It's not even a reference. It and, is they are speaking the lyrics to. And it's, hilarious yes it's um it's it's really it's really fun yeah like it's it, it's taken the song uh-huh. it's put it in a completely different context in an interrogation scene yeah uh, and it's it's really funny yes by contrast <laughs> everything else fiona does the matrix thing so i'm not as bothered by that as some other ones i think Ooh, like on the spectrum i think that's just kind of like a I roll my eyes at that now. I'm also like just upset in that scene because the continuity has like <coughs> completely broken because like she couldn't fight Shrek earlier, but she right. can fight like 12 the Robin Hoods. Yeah. But then later she can't fight two. It's that Superman thing. Yeah. Like her strength varies. It's, yeah. It's unclear. Um, that reference I'm not as upset by, um, but it is. It's, it does feel very like on the nose and very like I'm obviously very specific. And it's not like it's not subverted or changed in any way. Right. It's just the matrix. Yeah. The the there's like a Disney reference that you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier where Donkey starts flying mm-hmm. and he says, uh, I seen a house fly. I haven't seen a super fly. I ain't ever seen a donkey fly. Right. It's funny. Uh-huh. It's a subversion uh of the the crows and Dumbo. Yeah, it's, it's like it's changing up the expectation, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a direct reference to the their competition, mm-hmm. which is Disney. Mm-hmm. And that's that was a fun one. I also like the Disney World reference, especially yeah. um, like that whole opening. I mean, first with the queue with that little the mascot of the Farquad running between the yeah in the ropes, um, but they do a small world parody that. You roll your eyes at, but I think is I think is a little funny. The welcome to Dulaxit. I won't sing the whole song because no. I don't want to get shoved off this couch. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have to shove you off this couch. But I think that's funny. Again, what you're saying is the timelessness of like, oh yeah, everyone thinks small world is annoying. Let's amp it up a few. Like I think that works. Yeah, and I think it worked in The Lion King too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years earlier. Ten yeah, years seven. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, uh, not every joke has to be original. I I understand. Sure. But like, you know, 
if you're gonna make fun of Small World mm-hmm. and Disney made like it's like don't don't make fun of someone for something they made fun of themselves for right like if you're gonna attack Disney go for it yeah but like they made fun of Small World themselves yeah so well, you, you your punch carries no weight yeah um so yeah like that's okay but yeah there are just so many references um. And I can't even. What What are some other ones that are sp- egregious to you? Um, most of the Disney stuff. Yeah. Like I, I think it's great that they took some shots at Disney. I, I think it's fun, uh, and I think Disney could use it uh, mm-hmm. always. I um, mean, and it's all. None of this is artistic based. This is all Jeffrey Katzenberg just trying to kick everyone where yeah. it hurts. Like. <laughs> yeah, and I think like. You know, like, there were some bits where, like, uh, you know, the dwarves brought in Snow White on the Shrek's table mm-hmm. for Sleeping Beauty. No, Snow White. Snow White. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I, I know I know my princesses. Um, I don't know. She's asleep. Whatever. Uh, but, like, there, there's, there's some stuff like that where they're just there and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But like the magic mirror doing the matchmaking game with the princesses yeah. and is like, watch out for this one. She's a yeah. I feel like that joke is over before it begins. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it, and, and there's like there's like the professional wrestling reference with uh, Shrek beating all those guys. Dick yeah. just rolled his eyes. Yep. He's rolled them hard. Uh, wrestling fan. At least he, I'll tell you what though. At least Shrek did some wrestling moves. They, yeah, those a lot were of, real. A lot of times we do like professional wrestling joke in a cartoon, and it's mm-hmm. like a bunch of punchy kick, and then something that doesn't exist. Like Shrek did the suplex. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he did a couple of moves. It was pretty good. But there's and and here's the thing. Here's the thing that really kills me. Right? Mm-hmm. Is you're asking me to name the references that are like really right. Uh, they just go in one ear, they go out the other, and I just get a little angrier. Absolutely. Uh, but like they're they're unmemorable, mm-hmm. except the Macarena, which was the funniest thing ever to happen ever. <sighs> if there was a rapping grandma over the Macarena, we would have been like, set almost right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's in like the Smash Mouth cover of "I'm a Believer" dance party at the end. It's yeah. not even with the Macarena song. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this uh, Shrek in general just references and all did not hold up as well as I thought it no. did. I, you know, I've held the belief for a long time that like, oh, Shrek is a solid movie. Is it the best? No, but it is a solid movie. And watching it, I'm like, I'm so bored. Like, I'm not really laughing. The scenes are both short and really long. Like, there's yeah. Long stretches of time where nothing really happens. There's, and we'll we'll get into this in a little bit, but there's a lot of padding where it's just a song is happening. Oh yeah, and then stuff is happening. Oh man! But before we get to that, I want to talk. I mean, that's in the that's kind of related to references too. So we'll put a pin in that. Ooh, how so? Um, because all of the songs used in Shrek are covers of existing songs. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's like you you know you got that wrestling scene and it's I don't give a damn about my reputation and it's just kind of like uh, Ronda Rousey's theme. Oh, so it's prophetically or at uh, least it, referen- it was. I don't know if it is anymore. Uh, Sandy Hook truther. Uh, so <laughs> um, 
let's just, let's talk a little bit about the references in Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, because I think these worked better. And, and there we generally could, yeah, and we could probably list more of them too because I think they land better. Yeah, I mean, so straight off, we've got like Fix of Felix and Wreck It Ralph are kind of a Donkey Kong and Mario, like. Mm-hmm. This kind of. The I mean, thing. certain, certainly physically, but yeah. yeah. I mean, they're an old arcade game, right? It's 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 just kind of like that. Uh, you know, you have like um, when they talk about Turbo, like you look at the Turbo game, and it looks like several racing games around that time. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at the game that replaced Turbo, it looks just like Rad Racer or maybe Pole Position. Uh, when you look at uh, Vanilla P's game, it's clearly like Mario Kart, yeah. but with like, but like uh, a princesses, yeah. Crush. <laughs> yeah, it looks candy. fun. I want to play it. It does look fun. Um, like you got your Pac Man's, you got Root Beer Tapper, but yeah, you have actual. Tapper. And I was surprised at this too because I remember seeing it the first time and obviously recognizing, you know, Bowser and Pac Man and but um, Sonic's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but watching it with you, it was really interesting because you're like, oh, Tapper. I'm like, wait, this bartender is a person yeah. from a video game? Yeah, it's a, it's, an, it's an old game. You have to serve people beer or root beer, depending. <laughs> depending on how old your audience is. Yeah, there's like, there's all sorts of, and like, uh, I, I really want to go back to the movie and pause in the scenes with the crowds because mm. I know there's like so much that I missed that was kind of thrown in there. Um but like the uh, again, like the most interesting thing is like is, is is that they clearly cared about what they were putting on screen. Yeah, like it could have been like the bug thing, the bug shooting game. Yeah, it looked like it was trying to do some like Gears of War, mm-hmm. and then when it cuts to the outside of the arcade, instead of being like a first person shooter in an arcade, which like doesn't happen Mm -hmm. it's it's a gun game it's a light gun game Mm -hmm. and that's fun and then like you've got a a little like representation inside the game called the first person shooter yeah like a avatar screen yeah there's like there's some really really clever stuff Mm -hmm. going on they thought about what games would be important Mm -hmm. racing game shooting game classic game Mm -hmm. uh you know you got like fighting games hanging out in the background and stuff but like you could tell they put thought and work into mm-hmm. it. And there's a lot of work into the world, too, that connects them all. And mm-hmm. so it's not only referencing these specific games and kind of like um, IP types, but it's referencing the world of arcades right. that like it, it kind of reminds me of Toy Story. And like there is a life cycle of an arcade game. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're put out of order, oh, that's a big deal because you're not like you're not earning money that day and if you're out of order too long you just get unplugged yeah. and then your game is over and and they 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 even have like a classic arcade things there's a there, there's a scene where a girl comes in she wants to play uh, different games mm-hmm. she puts her quarter on the machine and says i got next and that's that's a thing that you did uh-huh. in arcades and i'm just like oh they they understand they these are people who went to arcades. Yeah. Uh, they they know. Yeah. It's ex- it's exciting. There's a lot of fun. research. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll I, I want to transition into music mm-hmm. because this this movie one had some like really fun music for each of the games, mm-hmm. uh, especially the um, Vanellope Von Sweets game. The Sugar Rush. Yeah. The Sugar Rush game uh, has some really fun music, but the end credits 
have a song by Buckner and Garcia. <laughs> and as we're listening to, as the end credits are rolling, I'm like, wait. And you're like, what? I'm like, wait, no. Buckner and Garcia are like a novelty group that wrote the song Pac-Man Fever like in 1980. In the 80s, yeah. 1981, like forever ago. They kind of did that, and that's about it. Well, they did like an album of video they, game. Yeah. They did an entire album. Ballads, kind of. About, like, about arcade games, yeah. specifically. And oh, that's wild. Then like the, the uh, I forget, uh, Buckner or Garcia passed, but uh, whichever one is surviving got uh-huh. brought back to do a original song about Wreck-It Ralph about Wreck-It Ralph or, or about Fix-It Felix yeah. and, I, and like we're listening and I'm like oh this these lyrics are pretty bad oh no that's perfect yeah. uh, <laughs> like their lyrics were pretty well, bad well and then you played me like Pac-Man Fever I'm like oh this is similar yeah. like it's definitely and like it, like that entire the entire album is in that style where it's just like you know uh, uh you know we gotta get the humanoids, get the humanoids, and and just like ridiculous, wonderful, terrible lyrics about mm-hmm. classic arcade games. It's so fun. And I, yeah, I and so the music in Wreck It Ralph is definitely it, it's very deliberate. It is you know just like you said you know we have to have kind of a shooter game, we have to have a racing game, we yeah. have to have a you know kind of pixelated game. Um, the music is very much like, all right, we have to have a song that matches this game. We yep. have to have everything is stylized to really approximate reality. Yeah. It's fine. Whereas in Shrek, the music is a little more haphazard, <laughs> a little to a lot more haphazard. Le- yes. Yes. Shrek's music is much more haphazard. And I want to ask you, uh, who who wore it better? Random pop songs. Uh, Shrek or Titan A.E.? I, I guess Shrek. Yeah. Well, one, did you recognize <laughs> any of the songs in Titan A.E.? Does that make it better or worse? I don't know, but it, it kind of, like, I felt like Titan A.E. wanted me to know what the songs were. But I'm like, I don't spend this much time in a hot topic to know what these songs are. Oh, oh man! Is that a diss to hot topic at this point? <laughs> Wait, what year did Titan A came out? No, hot topics. Hot topics sucked by then. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, like, I remember owning the Shrek soundtrack, and there are actually even a couple different versions on the soundtrack because, like, the it should be the Rufus. Wainwright Hallelujah, and that's not the Hallelujah that's in Shrek. It's weird. Yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, someone else it? in Shrek. Yeah. Um, well, his name's gone. Uh, I want to say he's from the Velvet Underground. I'm probably wrong. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah uh, Tommy you've, Kale. You've got. No. Tommy that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. No. Tommy Kale's a different guy. Tommy Kale's a different guy. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, Tommy it's, Kale would not be caught hey, dead near at, Shrek. <laughs> at Cellmates Podcast. There we go. Thanks. Um, so it uses these songs that, like, at some t- at some points in time, it feels like a Knight's Tale, yeah. Um, which is like using a specific, right? Is Knight's Tale pretty much like punk rock or like a similar? Yeah, like, like punk rock, like David Bowie. Years. And I don't know what the, I've seen that movie once Knight's, and I fell asleep. Knight's Tale, I think, is um, 
like they use a lot of different music. Sometimes it's like woven in. Sometimes it's not. But sometimes is it all it from works. kind of the same genre or era or not so much? I honestly don't remember. I might be trying to make a, tr- a case for Night's Tale that isn't to be We're made. We're just going to have to watch Night's Tale. We've referenced so. it so much. I don't know if it's on the podcast. No, just in life. But in our conversations, we have referenced Night's Tale a lot for you. Maybe have yeah. you seen it once, twice? Once, and I fell asleep. I've seen it. I've probably seen it like 20 or 30 times. Whoa. Yeah. But you can't tell me what music is in it. Uh, no, I don't remember. All right. I have poor memory. So Shrek has is the gamut of like a recently released Smash Mouth song. Yeah. Right? Like All Star is only a couple years old by that point. But it is a couple years old. Yeah. Because it was on the same Now album that Larger Than Life was on. I think it was on Now 4. No, that was a different Smash Mouth song. This is a really strange analogy. I that you only have. had now four. Well, let me. It was t- the might as well be walking on yeah, the sun. That was on this. now four with Larger it, Than Life. It is on their second album because I oh. had that uh, or their their second hit album oh. because I had the album with Walking on the Sun on it. Okay. Yeah. And it did not have All Star on it. It did not have All Star. Okay. To my recollection. Uh. So. Yeah. So it starts with with All Star. Um, there's also, yeah, Don't Give a Damn About Reputation, um, saying the title as it is said in the song. Yeah, that's uh, the name of the song. And that, and that's not the original artist, or is it? I don't know. Uh, and then I, it has I, like I, a... I think it might be. It has Hallelujah in it. Yeah. It has... There are a few others. Which like, I, I, look, listeners, uh, that's that's like my go-to closing night like closing yeah. song for karaoke is the rufus wainwright version of hallelujah mm. i ain't too proud to admit it uh it's a good song it's a good song it, it, and it's way more fun to sing than the leonard cohen version i love the leonard cohen version but it's not fun at karaoke no one wants to hear it <laughs> it's just a bunch of low very sad yeah. into a mud well, you can make it what you want it in karaoke. I could. They don't need to hear Leonard Cohen. And no. That's why I give um, him Rufus. It's fine. Yeah. So it's these songs that like, I don't know, like kind of fit, but yeah. not really. And and to be fair, Wreck-It Ralph has, Wreck-It Ralph has one of those. Wait, the movie Wreck-It Ralph? The movie Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Um, <laughs> has one of those. And it feels out of place because the rest of the movie is so sincere and Wait, original. which one is that? Shut up and drive, drive, drive. Oh. It's got a Rihanna song during a training montage. Yeah, that felt weird. And it feels so weird because everything else is either original or just scoring. So what I what I want to believe, I, well, I guess that was probably a newer song at the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I want to believe is that that was in a commercial for a racing game or something. Yeah. I know. I'm really stretching. Yeah. I could think of a lot of songs that would have been appropriate uh, that were in racing games and would have been. I mean, great it bits. does. It feels like the one, you know, if Jeffrey Katzenberg still worked for Disney, <laughs> it would totally be his fault, right? Hey, like, guys, water is blue. That, water is blue. Let's see. This movie needs a Rihanna song. <laughs> um, it feels like something that is there to like be able to put in the trailer and then it comes on in the movie. It feels like a very DreamWorks move, but I can't really fault it because that scene is good. And anyway. And it's that's, uh, but it only happens once in Ralph, and yeah. it happens several times in Shrek, and it's not even as on point. Yes, and there's a couple of songs that just play all the way through in Shrek. Da 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 da. That's not what I meant. Oh, 
Uh, that song plays all oh. the way through Shrek. Oh, I meant, I they, meant from beginning to end of the three and a half minute play song. play like three and a half minutes yeah, worth of song. that is true. But why don't you tell us about da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So that's actually music that works in Shrek. Yeah. Because it's, it's, um, it's a loving uh, parody. And musically, it's actually on point of, you know, like a Sherman Brothers or Ellen Menken song. Yeah where the princess is singing in a lilting melody. Um, and there is a funny, I think it's still funny, I think it holds up, um, even though it's a little bit more crass, uh, where she sings the song to a bird in the forest, and the bird's singing along with her, and then she sings so high that the bird explodes. What, does, does she really sing that high? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to do it here. Okay. But yeah, she likes she like screams her last note, I and I don't know what note that is. It doesn't seem that high. And as like an opera singer might break a crystal glass, she like pops the bird. She explodes the bird. <laughs> yeah, pops him like an egg. Pops him like an egg. So yeah. So like that kind of works. I think there's some score stuff that isn't bad. It just feels like typical movie score. But I don't really, besides that one theme, I don't remember the no. music, the score in Shrek. Yeah, you could you could change up the rest of the score. I wouldn't yeah. notice. I mean, probably the same with Ralph, too. Yeah. To and honest. I think those are like little song clips that Donkey sings are like, eh, it's fine. He does like, on the road again, right? But like, it's funny because it's yeah. Eddie Murphy. It's... it's it's cute. Like, that's that's cute. I I, I will come out and say, uh, as much as I hate uh, Eddie Murphy in Mulan, yeah. I think he's not as bad in Shrek. I love Eddie Murphy in Shrek. I think sometimes he works really well and mm-hmm. sometimes he doesn't. I think someone had like a decent handle on uh editing yeah eddie murphy because he you know uh even just looking at the recording sessions it seems like he throws a lot out mm-hmm. and it seems like he was being directed pretty well mm-hmm. it seems like he was uh, mainly being encouraged to like do the script and then improvise is sure. my guess um but like all his little ad libs are fun right uh it's it's usually like he gets done with what i assume to be the scripted line and then he like Goes on for a couple sentences, mumbling yeah. to himself, which then becomes a character trait, and I love it. It's and those great. are those are really fun moments, yeah. like him talking about the the stairs. The stairmaster, I want to master the stairs. Like hey, that's fun. Like I don't know if it's a stairmaster reference. Uh, it seems like a it might bit. be, but it's not like it's not like oh, it's, I'm going to be the stairmaster. Like that product, he's just like yeah. I'm going to be the stairmaster. I'm going to master the stairs because yeah. he has been given the direction to climb some stairs. Yeah, it's it's a fun character trait and yeah. honestly i like donkey a lot more than i thought i did mm-hmm. i think it's i think the dragon thing is weird but that's yes. fine um the little see those little like donkey dragon babies they make again weird uh it's in the second movie but they're very cute as babies cute, i don't think they'd be cute grown up though. cuter babies donkey and dragons or josh gad and cuberts i don't i don't know what those babies look like no, that's that sounds terrible um i i really come off hating josh gad on this yeah. podcast and i want to make it it's clear not really that, fair to josh gad well it's because he is bad in most of the things he does no he just is josh gad name, we'd love to have you on the show name because, three things josh gad is good in uh book of mormon uh-huh uh olaf uh-huh um there's a reason i said three. Oh, i so know here's the thing i want to see his stage lefou but I don't was, think his LeFou is bad. Would you say he was good? Uh, well. No. But it doesn't mean that Anthony Rapp is bad at Mark. It just means that he was in a different movie it than the Anthony other people Rapp in Rent. Anthony Rapp is 
not a very good actor. He should not be in movies He's anymore. He's not a film actor. Yeah. And that's um, okay. Neither ooh, is Josh Gad. Josh Gad is great in that uh, that uh, <laughs> behind the scenes thing in Frozen where it's them singing about we're going behind the scenes uh-huh. and then they never do. That's oh. really funny. Well, there you he go. And, he and Jonathan Groff uh, play off each other that's quite well. basically a movie. Um, it's basically a movie. <laughs> he's very funny in that. Uh, so is Olaf's Frozen Adventure, but he's not great in that. Well, I would actually, I'd argue that if you saw it in the right context, I think he <laughs> would be pretty good in that. I don't that. know if there's a right context for mm. that. I think Josh Gad, I, I like you. I think Coco, I think having that before Coco has soured me against Josh seeing Gad. that short ever again. Yeah. Uh, Josh Gad is great. Uh, so let's talk. Look, hey, uh, uh, speaking of Josh Gad. <laughs> uh, Good segue. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a terrible segue. Uh, do you want to build a segue? I, there we go. I do, so that I can fight dragons in the future. So <laughs> uh, we, we've got we've got like a, a common theme in this mm-hmm. movie of, of being a bad guy and uh, like maybe being redeemed. Uh, but there's also a theme of owning who you are. Right. And and kind of understanding your own identity and being at peace with it. In Shrek, you have, you know, Shrek is an ogre. He is not at peace with that uh, because of the perceptions around him. Okay. Uh, uh, I'd say Donkey has some, ident- like certainly some security issues. Right. Uh, and then most obviously it is with Fiona that she is not com- her nighttime self is not who she wants to be, and it's yeah. not. She is convinced that true love's form is the human form, um, and then you've got like it's it's you know somewhat tired, uh, tiredly comedically um, alluded to, but uh, Farquaad has some uh, uh, compensation issues. Oh my God, we didn't talk about the boner joke. There are two. Yes, there are two penis yes. jokes in this movie. Uh, That's the sign of a good kid's movie. Yeah, right? dick jokes. Uh, Farquaad is not a uh, an average sized human. Would you say that he's uh, he falls short? He, oh my gosh, they make so many puns. I'm surprised you didn't like the puns as much. No, <laughs> you just weren't about Shrek. Uh, Farquaad is not really a little person. He doesn't really have the dimension, like the. He's just kind of a short guy. He's really short. Yeah. He's like, he's shorter than Donkey. Yeah. Um, and so you imagine he's making up for these uh, literal shortcomings. I didn't want to make that pun. I just no. couldn't think of a better word. Yeah. Uh, That's how it easy is, they are. It is um, all but uh, fact that Jeffrey Katzenberg had them style this character out of, um, after Michael Eisner, mm-hmm. the CEO of Disney at the time, who uh, basically ousted Katzenberg from the Disney Studios. Yeah. Uh, so it's this little guy, big ego, big uh, compensation issues. Yeah. I think he's compensating for something with this large tower. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's his penis size. Yeah. Yep. Um. But that yeah. But there is a joke when he's like watching Fiona on the magic mirror he's like in watching bed her over and over again on the magic mirror. And like, uh, he's like sn- snuggling into bed, and then all of a sudden, like. This like look comes over his face, and he like lifts his blanket slightly. And like I, I, <coughs> I, I guess the joke is that he's aroused, mm-hmm. but like 
Why is he surprised? It, he's this, watching this over and over again. Is this yeah. the first time this has happened to him? Or are right. we witnessing I, a moment? I, What's the joke here? And I did not see that joke until this time. Like, yeah. I did not notice that joke at all as a kid. So that was weird. It was weird. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, <laughs> identity. Yeah. So, so there are those identity issues in Shrek, and they are resolved. I mean, basically, the the um, moral of the story in Shrek is don't judge a book by its cover, onion. and your true self is enough, and you know everyone has layers like onions or parfait, and the outside layer isn't I, necessarily what's inside. Yeah, I want to get back to that though. The outside layer of an onion is necessarily what's inside every single yeah. layer of an onion is the same yeah well unless it's rotted sometimes you like open up an onion and like certain layers are rotted yeah or if it's like dirty on the outside yeah. and then the inside layers aren't dirty yeah that's it but i guess if you're like peeling back maybe it's like in relation to like an apple where you take off the skin and it's just like kind of all the same thing whereas an onion you'll just have to keep on peeling back layers it's of onion all the same thing i mean I don't know. It's and but you can't see all the la- like you could be surprised that there are like different uh proportions you, of onions you inside like be a surprised. You might not be surprised, but like a parfait. A parfait you might be surprised. But you can see it all from the outside. What if it's in a Have you ever seen a parfait in an opaque glass? Let me ask you this. What if it is in an opaque glass? Let me ask you that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. What anyway, if it was? What if it was a seven-layer dip? Like you see what's happening in the parfait as you're eating it. It's more mysterious than an onion. Uh, yeah, which maybe. Is just gonna be yeah. onion. I mean, it's they're walking like through an, an onion patch. Even Shrek says it's not a perfect metaphor. It's not even like an apple. Like an apple like is you different. Said, yeah. You get rid of the skin, and then it's the the meat. Yeah. And then when you get to the middle, it's a core. Onion's just onion. It could be like a tootsie roll pop. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, I mean, you know what's in there. It's a Tootsie Roll. Well, not if it's, not if you just, like, find it on the ground and it's unwrapped. Are you eating suckers you find on the ground? Shrek would. Donkey would. That's fair. There, boom. I might. So, anyway, identity is a poor theme going through this. And it is, you know, it is resolved with a moral of, you know, be who you are. uh, Dance to Smash Mouth and everything will be fine. No. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph explores it more in a more complex way, in mm-hmm. what I feel is a more satisfying way, um, because it really has to do with not just external versus internal beauty, but what society perceives of you and what you do with that perception and what you do in relation to society. Yeah. Um, you know, Wreck-It Ralph is perceived as a villain and... You know, he wants to rise above that. Uh, Vanellope is perceived as a glitch. And so her the expectation is that she doesn't race and she'll just ruin everything. And she knows there's a racer inside of her. So it's like trusting your instincts over your given identity, which is different. And it's played with in different ways in the movie. And it's, it, it's really strong. Yeah. And Turbo uh, can't accept that his uh, time is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he identifies as King Candy. And right. It's hilarious sounding. Yeah, he puts on other masks in yeah. order to hide his true self and to, yeah, I mean, because he's there to win. He's not there to be a functioning member of a yeah. game society. He just he's, wants to win. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think both movies are 
surface wise successful in um you know in dealing with issues of identity but it really I mean as we said before with that you know Ralph Rex Vanellope's car thing it just really hits home that like oh this like moment is unraveling all of the work he's done maybe like yeah. on perceiving himself as something else and now he's just always going to be a villain even to this person who saw him as something different and um I'm glad that spiral doesn't last for very long because it could go a really dark place for a while. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It, it it spins back around. Hey, speaking of spinning, spinning back around, mm. this is a bad segue too. Hey, speaking of spinning back around, uh, let's spin back around to uh, our ending segment, yeah. which we still need to come up with the name for. Yo, at Cellmates Podcast, uh, come up with the name for ending segments. So yeah, like we don't ending have to. segments is the label that we're going Ooh, with. Ooh, all right. It's time for the endings. Ooh, final cut. How about fi- it's time for the final cut? Ooh. Yeah, that's all right. That's nice. Yeah. I, I, you remember you were watching that documentary about Mencken and he's like making up a song on the fly and you got yeah. to see the magic happen. And then that song what? was in the Newsies version that we just watched. The filmed Broadway version, yeah. Because he gets his song. This is what that's like for the audience. Like, they got to hear us come up with a name for that segment. It's Boom. It's just as magical. You're welcome. As watching Ellen make and write a song. Just as magical. <laughs> so, Dick, if you had to select an MVP yeah. for these uh, movies, or the one movie, Shrek at Ralph, that yeah. we have uh, created with this podcast, uh, who's your MVP? What does your MVP that's tricky that's really hard um because i i I mean i want to pick someone from wreck it ralph but i don't particularly think it was any of the any of like our main actors i think they all did did a really good job uh i i the creative team was clearly a team Mm. uh everyone involved everyone doing things to make sure everything was great uh, I kind of want to give it to Alan Tudyk mm. uh, for just doing that uh, Fred Wynn or Edwin yeah. impression the whole time and just knocking it out of the park. But I will give it to Buckner or Garcia, whichever <laughs> one is alive and recorded that song. Because yes. uh, like more than anything else in the movie, that made me happy. I geeked out for it. <laughs> Okay, what about you? You got an MVP for us? A most valuable uh, uh, podcast selection? Yeah, my um, MVP, I actually think, is um, the casting director for Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. Um, as you said, the whole cast is good, but I think it does a particularly good job, and we didn't even really get into this, um, it does a particularly good job of casting people uh, in the same way I think Inside Out does too, like casting people that you already have a certain connotation with as a, as in terms of like the types of characters they play. Like you hear Jack McBrayer and you're like, oh, this guy is like happy-go-lucky. He's very naive. He doesn't mean anyone harm. And it's because like you know him from Kenneth and like every other role he plays is some extension of Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, same with Jane Lynch. You know she is like tough. Oh, She's not yeah. taking Jane crap Lynch from anyone. Yeah. And she plays like the bug game shooter commander. Yeah. Um, and say just everyone. John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, Al- um, Alan Tudyk, you're not you don't necessarily have a connotation with that you know, but it's kind of like Jim Cummings. You just know that you will trust him with your life if 
Your Life Depends on a Voiceover Actor. Wait, what did we just watch where Jim Cummings was half the cast? Uh, Hercules. Okay, we'll yeah. get to that when we get to Hercules. Also, Disney movies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just think it's, it's really well done. And I think it's... I, I think there are moments of brilliance in the Shrek voice casting. I think John Lithgow is great. I think Eddie Murphy's great. But I think, and we talked about this in Titan AE too, that you can't just take like whoever the famous actress is at the time and put her into a voice role. Right. Cameron Diaz is passable. She does a lot better than Drew Barrymore does. She does fine. Uh, the animators enjoyed watching her. Yeah, I think that more than anything is why that they cast a, her. That was from the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Is like one of the leads like... He, I think he covered for it, but it was weird. He didn't cover for he it. He was like, the animators really enjoyed watching her. Yikes. She was really animated. Uh, like, uh, all right. Uh. Uh, but, like, she's fine. The, you, the very many voice actors could have done that role, I think, better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just the casting director for Ralph just knew what would kind of immediately plug into the audience's yeah. uh, sensibilities, and the movie is helped by it yeah hey kate um oh first uh i I do want to say don't at me uh jerry buckner is the member of buckner and garcia there we go that was involved um if you were going to cross over uh to characters to creatives to whatever Mm -hmm. from these two movies Mm -hmm. uh two songs like if you wanted to put uh Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me <laughs> into Wreck-It Ralph. You could do that. You're going to cross over two things. Go. So I think uh, the... Hmm. Yeah. This is a little bit of a crossover with Shrek 2. Um, but mm-hmm. I think you could <laughs> turn the fairy tale characters into an arcade game pretty easily. And I think it would be real fun. Um, then maybe they're trying to like. You mean take like all the like non Shrek fairy tale characters, yeah. put them into an arcade game, and put that arcade game inside of Wreck It Ralph. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wanted to get clarification. Yep. I like it. Uh, yeah, because it, it it's essentially what they do in the second movie, but um, not in a video game, but like they work together and fight things. Uh, but yeah, maybe you have them like uh, regaining their swamp back. Maybe you have them like going to copyright offices and challenging disney to some of these uh grimm's fairy tales oh, i don't fun. know yeah uh <laughs> that sounds like a really fun arcade game i'd play the hell out of that but anyway those are the type like those characters are fun uh they have some neat little like you know character traits that i think match up with you know the wreck it ralph characters that don't get a lot of screen time but they like they're just a little goofy and idiosyncratic and yeah. i think it would work well uh cool no, I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have been thinking about this for the last 20 or 30 seconds. Hey. Uh, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of Donkey. I think he's fine. Uh, and I'm going to get rid of Fiona. I just want to see Vanellope and Shrek. I think hmm. that'd be fun. I think Vanellope has that like sort of energy. Has that sort of... like uh, I mean, she already does it with Ralph very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Vanellope would get along with Shrek in that uh, farts are hilarious. <laughs> and Shrek, Shrek does a lot of farts. Yeah. Uh, I think they might be like a, like a different type of pair where instead of uh, being like very 
whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they would be very childlike and fun. Yeah. Uh, it'd be cute. And you'd just kind of be like a goofy best friends. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. That's lovely. Goofy best friends. So uh, taking these movies yeah. into uh, the present day. Okay. And uh, this is maybe a little unfair because uh, Ralph Bricks the Internet is coming to a theater uh, brand new. Near near me? In near you. Whoa. In in a time very near today. Uh, <laughs> you take it. Well, let's start with Shrek. Yeah. Uh, do you re-release it? Do you special edition it? Or do you throw it in the vault? Along with the broken gingerbread man. Okay. So I... I didn't mention this yet uh, because I didn't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy also because I feel like I'll get tweets. Um, the original version of Shrek uh, did not have Mike Myers and was not uh, as goofy and irreverent. Uh, I mean, it was still irreverent. It was still an ogre, right? What do you mean by the original version? Like the, the book no, or the, the original, concept? No, the original movie okay. did not have Mike Myers in it. Okay. He was not the original Shrek. They uh, recorded, uh, uh, and you could hear it, like five minutes, ten minutes of dialogue where it was, um, oh my God, we're going to have to edit. Uh-oh. They recorded like five minutes of dialogue where it was Chris Farley as Shrek, but Chris Farley passed, and so Mike Myers took over the role. Interesting. Uh, The character was a little more sympathetic. He wasn't Scottish. Yeah, where did that come from? Mike Myers just says, I'm going to do a Scottish accent. Let's go. Mike Myers. Um, Yeah, and, and it just... Everything about it sounds like the movie I'd rather see. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Chris Farley uh, acting is like a f- fat, ugly ogre that everyone has assumptions about. Like, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Because Chris Farley is like a dude everyone has assumptions about. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was kind of a, kind of a mess. Uh, he had a lot of problems as a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, like, both did and did not like being the fat guy that falls down and goes boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think there was, like, something interesting to play with there. And it would have been, like, I think his, like, first attempt at, like, some serious acting. Sure. Like, Sh- Shrek has some acting moments or w- could have had some acting moments that, like, Beverly Hills Ninja or whatever didn't. Mm-hmm. So, it, it would have been interesting to hear. Uh so, Shrek, I do a special edition. Uh, Chris Just Farley. those five minutes. I mean, you can watch the animatics, but I, I would bring back Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. This, this is my special that edition. Is, I can do what sky. I want. Uh, bring back Chris Farley. Uh, have him do Shrek. Yeah. I, uh, so, this particular movie, I think you vault. But I think there is a good way. Whoa. Yeah. You vault it? I vault it. You like Shrek better than I do. But I didn't like it this time. <laughs> Did you hear me laugh? I laughed like twice in the movie. Uh, yeah. Um, because I think what I retained from my memories was that it did the spoofing really well. And it doesn't. Mm. And so I think I would go back, like take this story and and do it with kind of, you know, 2018 sensibilities of yeah. humor. 
Because I think the main difference between these movies, like you said earlier, is, uh, you know, one is referencing and one is sending up. Yeah. And Shrek is sending up, but it's not very successful in doing that. And I think it's funnier to actually get, I mean, what Wreck-It Ralph did was they, they, they wrote Bowser into that scene and then asked Nintendo permission to show them that, like, hey, your character is being used in a real situation. But, like, also we have to have Bowser in the scene yeah. because it's, like, the audience will get it so much more. So there was reason to use those characters yeah. and to use them in authentic ways. And it's, still, it's funny to see Bowser there, but you're not laughing at Bowser. The you're laughing with him. That Bowser's there. It's right. like, oh, neat, Bowser's there. Right. And then he says a thing. Right. It adds to the story rather than like stopping the action. Would you say that Shrek is in need of a reboot? So that's the... Can you get up that article? Because I still don't understand it. Yeah. You've explained it to me like oh, five times. Oh, we're gonna. Give me a moment. We were... I think as we were watching Shrek, Dick is doing research on it and, and we find because out... Because I'm a very serious journalist. Serious animated movie journalist. Uh, we find out that Shrek is getting potentially a reboot but not a live action reboot. All right. Okay. Please read the headline. <laughs> first first off, uh, I just want to say I apologize to our fans for being very bad uh, animated movie journalists and not going on the Shrek 4D experience in London when we had the chance. <laughs> that looks so weird. It looked so bad. Um, Shrek, and this is from Variety. Uh, Wait, what is the date on this? November 6th, 2018. All right. That is recent to today, just in case this episode yeah, comes out a while from now. It's like 10 days ago. Shrek and Puss in Boots are getting rebooted, and Chris Melodendry, Melodendry? <laughs> the man behind Despicable Me, is overseeing their revival. Uh, they've tasked him with finding some fresh storylines to reintroduce the lovable or- ogre and the sword-wielding feline to new generations. Uh, part of the popularity of Shrek is attributable to the voice cast, and uh, Melodandry says he would like to get the voice cast back together. When you look at those vocal performances, they're awesome, and you could make a case for a complete reinvention. I find myself responding to my own nostalgic feelings of wanting to go, wanting to go back to those characterizations. So it's a reboot. So it's with the same cast it doesn't say sequel which there have been there are what four shreks there are a lot of shreks there are a lot um so they're not describing it as a sequel so much as a reboot so this okay now again you've explained this to me like five times like you've read me these words and i still don't quite get it but now it seems like they want to treat it more like a smurf situation where like these are just characters that everyone knows and they go on various movie adventures every several years. I'm pretty excited. Uh, you're not. <laughs> <clears throat> All Your right. face really says it. So uh, you vault it. You release a reboot. Well, I just, I think, I think there's better comedy to be made out of these same characters. Yeah. And out of the same plot. I think there's better comedy. All right. So uh, a more recent movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a harder choice, maybe. What do you do with Racket Rel? Re-release is very good. It's very good. And, I mean, there's no need to right now, but I think if the sequel weren't coming out, you know, we'd be a couple years away from, like, oh, yeah, this would be appropriate to re-release in theaters. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's got a good message. I think it's very relatable. I don't think it's going to age out of any of its references because they are references, not send-ups. And they're references to things that are like super well-established. Mario and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like if they haven't gone away by now, they're not going anywhere. And Sonic tries, but just doesn't. (laughs) He's so fast. He should be able to get somewhere. (laughs) Uh, What about you with Wreck-It Ralph? Uh, I do a special edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make one change, two changes. Mm-hmm. I get rid of the Rihanna song. Yeah, there you go. And I put the Buckner and Garcia song on a loop throughout the entire movie. Would that get a little distracting at some nope. point? Nope. No. Okay. It'd just be great. All right. Uh, no, no. I'd, I'd put the Buckner and Garcia song in that racing scene or have them do like a new one. Yeah. Or just put a different song in there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Real quick, uh, there's a garbage song on the Gran Turismo 2 soundtrack. That would be perfect. That's all. Like the song is garbage quality? The, the or? song is by the band Garbage. Oh, great. That's better. I do the puns on this podcast, Kate. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> it wasn't a pun on purpose. All right, fair. Uh, all right, great. So, um, clearly both these movies are of the same quality. The same exact uh, if you just re- If you just fast forwarded to the end, that's the basic premise. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, yeah, I love Wreck-It Ralph and I don't care for Shrek, Shrek but Shrek-It Ralph, I don't know, might be somewhere in between. Yeah, it's, it's a fun uh, thing to say. <laughs> it is a fun thing to say. It's a fun thing to say well thank you for listening and thank you for listening as always oh do you mean the audience there's, yeah okay I well thanks listening. for listening to me too you, you have to do that all the time Aww. uh you can uh get more content and you don't even have to listen to us you can Correct. just look with your eyeballs uh you go to twitter at cellmates podcast facebook cellmates podcast uh, and uh, we also have a Gmail account, cellmatespodcast at gmail.com, if you want to email us questions, but that's kind of weird. But let me ask you. Can you just, uh, whoa, whoa, don't judge people. I don't Some know. Like social like to... media seems like a, a lower stakes. Oh, man, I like emailing. All right. If yeah. you want if you want those kind of stakes, and we're you know totally. What? If you want to visit our website, it's cellmatespodcast.com. Yes. And you can get to all of those other places yeah. from there. And, uh, you know, no big deal. I made it. So he did. Pretty good. It's very pretty. And it does all the things. I I'm, does, v- I'm very impressed. That it does some of the things. Someone I, I put know some can more make that. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's a functioning site. Yeah. If you don't make websites, you'll go to it and be like, hey, this is an awesome site. It's uh, I put the fun in uh, functioning. A. Yep. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time. I hear you next. Oh, we don't see you. For for Kate Phillips. For Dick Ward. We're the cellmates. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Oh no. We're the cellmates. This no, is our. We, oh. This is our pod. Bye. Bye. Bye, Kate. They both got like catch for no, they only say top shelf that one time. Yeah, you really want to make it a thing. It's I know, but it was cute. Why would you say top shelf if you didn't want to make it a thing?